Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test, based in Annapolis, Maryland, reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, and welcome back to the CLT offices. Today, we will be having a discussion with Dr. Jose Taralba, director of the Great Books Program, and a student, Alec Ebersolt, both from the University of Navarra. If this is your first time listening to us, this is a program where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation. Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. I am super excited for our two guests today. Uh, we have Dr. Jose Toralba uh, and a student, Alec Ebersol, both from the University of Navarra in Pamplona, Spain. Now, if you know me at all, if you've talked to me for more than 10 minutes, you know that the University of Navarra is truly my favorite university in the entire world. It is an amazing place. Uh, Dr. Toralba, uh, Alec, thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting us. Thank uh, you. We'll start with you. Uh, and so your role at the University of Navarra, you're director of the Great Books Program, which our listeners uh, love to hear about, that this is uh, a, a movement and something that's happening on the other side of the pond as well. Uh, I always like to start off there just kind of getting to know our guests, getting to know about your early childhood education. Uh, did you love learning and reading as a young person or did that kind of come later? Um. Well, my, my parents were both um, university professors, so they um, were certainly interested in my education and they looked for a good school. It was a Catholic school where the teachers um, helped each student through a system of tutoring uh, to grow for both personally and intellectually. And so I particularly remember my Latin teacher who was also the school librarian. Um, the shelves with the books were in the hallways of the classroom. And so he, he uh, this professor, um, would hand you one book after another. And I think that's when my love for reading uh, began. Um, and I think, yeah, by the way, I remember how badly I did on my first Latin exam, because in one sentence, I translated malum as bad instead of apple, which is another meaning, the, the word that. And also since, um, yeah, since high school, I participated in the activities of a youth association where I had, where I had the, the good fortune to meet intellectuals who came to give us sessions on science, culture, et cetera. So yeah, this is, this is what I, I can tell you. And Dr. Uh, Toralba, you're, you're clearly uh, at least bilingual. Do you speak other languages besides English and Spanish as well? So I had to learn German um, while I was at the university. For my PhD, um, and then I know an original language here in Spain, which is Catalan too. That's great. Uh, and we'll, we'll switch over to Alec uh, for a moment. Alec, you were uh, the third ever, I think. Maybe we had a student panel actually. So well, one of the the few students we've ever had on the CLT Anchored podcast, and we get wonderful feedback. Our, our audience loves to connect and hear directly from students. So thank you so much for your time today. So you are a third year student, uh, as they call it at the University of Navarra. They call it a junior, of course, uh, in the U.S., but y'all are doing kind of the UVA style. It's a third year at Navarra, and you are a law school student. Um, tell us about your journey to the University of Navarra. I'm always surprised how 
few students I connect with have ever heard of it, but it's this gem where students at the Heights and other great schools in the U.S. are just sending tons of students. Uh, how did you hear about Navarra? So, one, thank you for having me, Jeremy. Um, I would like to start off by saying this is actually my second degree because, as you know, law in the United States is studied after undergraduate. So I needed to decide where I was going to go to law school. And so I was thinking, and I, you know, the idea of Spain, because I was a Spanish major, I was like, this is, this could be interesting. And I was looking at universities and I saw the University of Navarra, which actually has what's called an Anglo-American law program, which gives me the opportunity to basically study a traditional Spanish law degree, but as an elective, basically every semester, I get to learn sort of like parts of American law. And they're actually taught by American law professors from prestigious universities all over the country, which is an amazing opportunity for me. And I mean, the beautiful campus, I'm sure you've been, it's wow, picturesque completely. And also the financing was was a big deal too, because it's very easy. Admit the university has it makes it very easy for American students to finance the university. And I just thought it was a great opportunity to sort of like leave the American bubble and learn through law, the culture, customs, values, traditions of, of Spain, of the Spanish people. And I am in love so far. Yeah. Alec, I got to tell you, when I, when I was on Canvas and I spent four or five days on Canvas in the very, and again, it, it was, it blew my mind. It actually reshaped my, my understanding of what a university can be. But one of the very first things I noticed, I mean, in like the first 10 minutes, was that students at University of Navarra, they don't bum it to class. They don't wear like PJs and like jerseys like they do in the U.S. Like students have style there. It was so refreshing. It was so dignifying to the whole campus. Uh, did, did you notice that as well? Was that something that jumped out to you in the same way? It was. And I think I noticed a bigger pattern that Europeans very much put more emphasis on formality. And so when you go to class, you you have to be looking good. You have to be looking decent. You know, no sweatpants, no T-shirts, <laughs> no shorts, especially where I am in the law school where, you know, you have to come up looking your best every day to learn. It's fantastic. Um, Dr. Trouble, you, you mentioned a moment ago that you spent a few years at the University of Chicago, which, of course, University of Chicago plays a huge role um, in kind of the continuity of the great books tradition uh, in American education. Um, what were some of the things that you, you learned there and who were some of maybe the, the giants uh, that, that formed you in this tradition? Yeah, so I was very lucky because uh, I landed at the Committee of Social Thought uh, um, where um, Alan Bloom was a professor. And oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the very living tradition of the Great Books um, uh, program and teaching was uh, still alive. So, and then there I learned from um, uh, about Hutchins and Adler. And I also had the opportunity to visit the uh, University of Columbia. Uh, so I, I did um, learn from, from all their, their experience, yeah. That's amazing. So you actually, you, you learned from Alan Bloom. That, that's, that's incredible. I, I have not, I'm embarrassed to admit, I have not yet read uh, The Closing of the American Mind. I've read portions. Uh, was that a work that was influential for you? It was, I mean, I, I read it uh, while I was at Chicago. And in a sense, I can say it opened my mind, not my American mind, but my European mind, uh, and converted me to this, um, I mean, classic education and the, 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 the need for it in, in, in um, contemporary, uh, univer- at the, you know, contemporary university. 
That's great. Um, I'm going to go back over to Alec with a question. So as an American student, English, of course, being your first language, mm-hmm. one of the things I, I really fall, fall in love with as I've gotten to know the classical tradition is just the value of speaking and thinking and dreaming in another language. Uh, it's so expansive. And uh, I, I regret my mom was actually a career Spanish teacher. And I still didn't really learn the language very well. I've actually been practicing every day since I visited Navarra two and a half years ago because I want to go back and actually do do better. Um, what has that been like for you as, as part of your education as you've learned to not just kind of know and get by, but really immerse yourself and to learn how to think uh, in another language? Right. I mean, learning law, I am in a, I'm in a in a law program. So really all my classes are in Spanish and I live with Spaniards and I sort of am very immersed in the culture. And it's honestly been such an interesting journey going through and kind of, you know, noting my progress going along and I can really sort of really express myself in my true form in Spanish, which goes a really long way in, in making connections with people and and really sort of, you know, opening a lot of doors and opening a lot of more, you know, social interactions that I could not have earlier. Great. We'll go back to uh, Dr. Tarabla. Um, question I, I was wondering and asking myself when I was uh, at the University of Nevada uh, for a week, a couple of years ago, um, it is simultaneously um, thoroughly Catholic. It is anchored in this, this beautiful tradition um, but it, it is a major research university, 10,000 or more students. Um, it seems like a very high calling for a university to be at, the, at once anchored in tradition uh, and at the same time, an a, a open uh, research university that's open to the free exchange of ideas. Uh, I was actually recently speaking with Dr. Pecknold, who's a professor in the U.S. at Catholic University of America, and he said that, that the University of Nevada, to him, was the most Catholic university in the world, the most thoroughly, authentically Catholic university in the world. That is high praise, especially coming from someone like him. Um, how has Navarra been able to, to strike this balance? Uh, can you speak to that? Sure, yeah, that's a, a good question. Um, um, I think we are all familiar with the debates in the last decades um, on, on education and the challenges that we were, were all facing. And there are those who say that it is not possible to offer a liberal education at a research institution like University of Navarra or many others in the world. And I think it's true. Um, it is true that it's not easy to balance uh, both, um, say, aspects of the, of the institution. Um, but in my experience, it can be achieved if the university fosters the intellectual community of professors and students in the search for truth. That is, um, if the university doesn't make um, the utilitarianism of profit or success, the superior values, as is very common at research institutions. Um, I think at Navarra, we are fortunate to have a very committed faculty and also the strong support of, of the president's office in, in, in the endeavor of offering an, a liberal education. Um, I, I can say that I experienced this also as the director of the Great Books program of the university and the core curriculum were about 100 professors teach. Um, and and this, I think what's remarkable is that uh, more than 60% of the faculty teaching in the core curriculum are tenured faculty. And we do not have any graduate students teaching the courses, which is very different from the situation in some American universities. So something, you know, we talk a lot about in the U.S., and I, I hear parents talking about this, is, is this concept of mission drift 
that that many, you know, maybe you look at a Catholic university like Georgetown, and there's no clear indication at all to most people that there's any kind of connection to Catholicism. Um, so there's a concern with a lot of parents and students even that we work with uh, of mission drift. Um, can you tell us about Jose Maria Escriva, the founder, um, and how Nevera um, has been able to avoid mission drift and has been uh, true to the mission that he set out with? Yeah, that's also a good question. Uh, I mean, we I mean, we are now a um, 70-year-old institution, and we've been lucky enough not to have any kind of crisis identity as other institutions have had in the past 20 or 30 years. Uh, but of course, we have had to, let's say, adapt to new times and face new challenges. Um, and I, I, I think that what what's, has been um, decisive is the commitment of the faculty. I, think that that's, I would say that for any institution, that, that's what really matters. Not money, not the programs, uh, not even the rankings, but you have a group of faculty that really share your mission. And that's what we have here. Um, any challenge will be I mean, uh, faced um, and, and even uh, solved. I, I love that you, the, you mentioned it's not about the rankings because I was actually going to mention rankings because the University of Navarre is actually ranked number three in Europe for teaching universities, which is incredible. And I think that's just third to Oxford and Cambridge, if I if I recall correctly. Um, that is amazing. Was, was that a surprise at all? Or were you all kind of expecting that because you know the quality of your own faculty? Uh, yes, that's right. I mean, we are we were ranked uh, third in Europe, right after Oxford and Cambridge. Uh, some people say that after the Brexit, we're number one. Uh, <laughs> but that's a joke. Um, and it is true. I mean, that even though um, the interest in research is is uh, increasing. So the university is um, putting more money and effort in, in developing research institutes, etc. Uh, I would say, and Alec can um, agree or disagree with this, we have the experience as a student, that at the very core of the university, at the center of our uh, mission, is um, the quality of teaching. And uh, and and I think that's 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 what makes a, a, a difference. Um, Alex, that's yeah. great. And Alec, can can you elaborate on that a bit? So the the, the quality of the teaching. Are we talking about class sizes, of professors who are uh, get to know you? Uh, how has the teaching maybe been different from the experience you had in the U.S.? So the quality of teaching is phenomenal. No one has told me to say that, but I'm just going to say right now it has been phenomenal. My in my estimation. Um, so my professors are experts in their field. Um, I have, for example, my civil law professor, she is currently on a project of reforming the Spanish civil code. So they're very much, they're very much sort of involved in their fields of study. And the class sizes as well are small. I mean, there are about 75 students right now in my law class, and I know all of them. So it's, it really helps sort of like you know, build that group solidarity in the class that is hard to do in in American universities because you kind of feel like you're just a number. You know, it, it's a big concern I know for our, for our audience, for a lot of the parents that tune into the Anchor Podcast, uh, that their son or daughter they go off to university for four years and uh, the values, the faith that they grew up with uh, is is undermined, and they come back uh, a different kid. They come back. Uh, maybe uh, a skeptic and, and they're no longer going to mass. Um, what has that been like, Alec, for you? And I love uh, Dr. Traub, if you could speak about this as well. What has it been like for you as a student 
uh, at, a, at a Catholic institution and how, how does that connect to learning? So at the University of Navarre, I can't necessarily speak to, you know, faith, but I can tell you that the University of Navarre is very much an institution that values the free exchange of ideas. I believe that, you know, I can, because I have many different perspectives on some things and my professors are willing to speak to me about it. They're willing to engage with me. And there's no, there's no feeling that I'm being sort of like indoctrinated or, or whatever. I mean, the, the reasoning is sound and, and the arguments are, are based. And I'm just, I feel like a sponge. I'm, I'm really kind of, you know, taking it all in and I'm making my, I'm coming to my own conclusions, which is important. You know, the things that I, that I, my convictions and my, my feelings are, I've, I've come to them myself. Yeah. Dr. Prabha, um, question we, we always liked, and I'm, I'm so curious given the time you spend at the University of Chicago and, and your current roles as, as running the Great Books program, uh, we always love to talk about books. I'm wondering if there are maybe a, a couple for you that have been most formative over the years, maybe the, there are books that you come back to and read time and time again. Yeah, so I would say that my favorite book is Anna Karenina, um, which I maybe read too young while I was at the university. 21, 22 years old, uh, because I think it's about a book about the tragedy of life and how a, a person can come to self-destruction. Uh, so now when I recommend it to my students, I tell them, wait, wait until you are 25 or 30, because you will understand it better. But uh, I, I love it. And, um, another book I would um, mention is uh, Brightstead Revisited. And I do teach this in my Red Books class. Um, I must admit that the first time I read it, I didn't like it. I had to read it to, to read it, sorry, uh, two or three times before I I got to understand all the light layers that the book has and how well uh, it is crafted. And I love this book because I think it's about a topic that interests me a lot, which is um, how do we fit in the world and what freedom is about. Um, Actually, I, I recently wrote a short essay on uh, freedom, uh, and the, the very idea is uh, present. In, you can find that in the book, which is, I mean, we are free when we uh, feel that we fit in the world. So, Alec, another question for you. During your time there, what, what are some of the things you love to do just for fun on campus when you're done studying and maybe the weekend hits? Uh, what do you like to do in Pamplona? I like to do in Pamplona. Well, this last year has been kind of difficult. Um, I don't know if you know the restrictions. It's been very hard to go out. We haven't been able to leave our house past 11 p.m. pretty much most of the year. Um, so this year has been kind of very, very difficult. But I mean, in the normal, I enjoy going out to drinks with my friends. I enjoy um, going out to different, you know, like, like nature sites around Pamplona, Navarra. I mean, the landscape is beautiful and we're only like 45 minutes away from the beach as well. It's, there's so much opportunity. I thought it was going to be difficult because I've never lived in such a small, a small place before, but really, I mean, the university kind of gives me, gives me that kind of like that home, that kind of like base where I feel kind of full, even though I'm not in a big city like I'm used to. That's great. So uh, Dr. Trouble, for the Great Books program, 
um, you know, students are coming from all over the world. Uh, an American student, maybe they've been at a classical school. Maybe they're coming from Great Hearts, one of the classical charters. Um, and maybe they're thinking, I, I've read the great books. I've been there, done that. Uh, what would you say to, to students who maybe they're already coming from a U.S. classical school? Um, are they going to be reading books in Spanish, English, a mix of both? Tell us a bit more about the program. Yeah. Um, so in a sense, our program is modest compared to some of the United States. Uh, but it's very ambitious if you compare it to what you can find in Europe. Um, students can take four semesters uh, where they read great books. Uh, great books. Um, they can read uh, either in Spanish or in English. Most of the Spanish students, they, they read the books in tra translation. But we have some international students, some of them from America, and they read Mac Macbeth, and of course, in the, in the original. Um, what we, I mean, the, 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 the list of readings um, is decided by faculty, and the only requirement is that they are classics. Um, and we read both philosophy and literature, um, ranging from, of course, um, the Odyssey um, uh, to Aldous has actually written well, for instance. So I, no surprise here. Uh, and I can say a bit more if you want about the, the program, how it's structured or is that what you're interested in? Yeah, that, that'd be great for students that are maybe considering it. And I think some of the students I've, I've connected to, they've never even considered yeah. leaving the U.S. Yeah. I mean, oh, a lot yeah. of students think about studying abroad, but not for the whole time, not for all four years. Um, but I, I think once a student considers it, and especially once they get on campus, it's like, oh, wow, this could be an amazing opportunity. So, yeah, I would love to hear more kind of about the, the program itself and what students can expect. Sure. Um, so the, the program is uh, not compulsory. So it's not that every student is required to take the grade books uh, seminars. But it's optional. Any student can take it. Um, and it's growing. Um, and what we, what we find is that all the students that take this, the program are very, I mean, happy with it. And what, when we have these surveys and interviews and even focus group, where we ask them, um, what do you, why do you take it? Or, or what do you find, um, different from regular courses? And it's, I'm mean, very telling what, what, what they say. Um, mm -hmm. for instance, they say, well, I love this kind of seminar seminars because you can talk about serious questions without any anyone laughing at you. Uh, so that's one reason they take these courses. Another reason is simply because they say, I really like reading, but I don't find time uh, in, in my university um, degree. So this is a, a, a great opportunity to read. And some of them were not say great readers before taking the program, but uh, and they'd say, okay, we're reading this, you know, very thick books like the Odyssey or I mean the all ancient books, uh, but they all end up saying um, after reading them and discussing them in class, um, um, this has has been a kind of life changing experience for me. Alec, wanted to go back to you for a minute. We asked uh, this question for Dr. Farrell, but wanted to ask the same question for you in terms of, of books. Has there been a book uh, maybe at the University of Navarra or maybe even before that, that is the book that you would recommend? We have a, a lot of young listeners to the Anchor podcast as well. Is there a book you'd recommend? Yeah, of course. So in my in my time in the, in the Great Books program, most of the books I actually have read. Um, for example, Macbeth, Apology of Socrates, Nicomachean Ethics. 
you know, classics, you know, but one book that was really stood out to me and was new was Revolt of the Masses by um, Jose Ortega Gasset. And it's basically, the book is all about, it's written in the interwar period in the late, in the late 1920s, um, right before kind of like the fascists come into power in, in Europe. And he's talking about the rise to power and the actions of the masses in society and sort of this sort of shift in, I don't know, and sort of shift in ideas where, you know, you have the, this, this mass man is what he calls, and it's sort of the imposition of their opinions and the sort of the real power and force of the majority over a minority and where reason sort of disappears and you don't have that same sort of, sort of like coherence. So I really thought it was, was I really, it was so interesting because it, it was written as, as if it were written yesterday, you know, and it's very, it made me reflect a lot of our, like in our times, like today in the rise of the digital age. So I would really recommend revolt of the masses. Revolt of the masses. Uh, And Alec, what what has that been like? I mean, during your time, since you've been at the university of Navarra, there's been tremendous social change uh, in the U S um, do you feel like having been in Navarra now, it's given you kind of fresh eyes or a different take uh, in terms of how to interpret events back in, back at home? For sure. I mean, anyone considering anyone considering staying at the University of Navarra, I would totally do it for this reason, because it really gives you the chance to sort of, you know, reflect on your own culture and society from the outside looking in, which I think is invaluable because it really makes me sort of you know, question things that I would not have questioned before and ask why, you know, which why to questions that for me before were kind of given. And that's probably the most invaluable thing I've taken from my education here so far is that ability to to really reflect on kind of what's going on here and obviously in a very in sort of a neutral atmosphere. I can talk about like it's it's not as it's not as difficult to talk about. Um, I do have one question for uh, Alec. Um, would like to start with this. Um, so, do you mind if I ask you how old you are, Alec? I'm 25. I'm from 1996. Okay, excellent. Um, so, one of my first experiences uh, as a, as a young as a young person, uh, right out of high school, I, I did live abroad for a while. I lived in Japan and uh, of course other places spent a lot of time in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an American, that was probably one of the most important things I feel like I could have done. Um, you mentioned this American bubble, right? And it, it, it very well does exist. Uh, I'm completely in agreement with that. Um, can you speak a little bit more to maybe your role now as a citizen who's educated, spent time, in Spain, right? And you have this sort of deep understanding of the language and the culture, and you will eventually, uh, you know, bring this back to speak with other Americans. What, how has this really informed you as a U.S. citizen who's been living and studying abroad? Great question. So, you know, I think what I can bring back to the United States is sort of just the, just the notion that things are more complex than we think they are there are a lot more perspectives. There are a lot more, there's not, it's not just us, you know, things are wildly complex and we need to stop a second and analyze and really sort of understand um, 
what's going on around us. And really, I think from reading classics, sort of understand and listen to the voices of the past in order to solve these these real world pro- these real world real world problems. Braba, uh, Alex, so great to meet you both, and Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for the work you're doing. And hopefully, CLT can can uh, play a role of introducing more more great students to the University of Iowa. Thank you, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.